back into our message <laughs> on the armor of God. Amen. Um, but we have been looking at this for, for a bit and praise God. I, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying the series myself, just studying it, looking at it, just staying in that place of, of, of being conscious of it daily. Amen. Which we should be anyway, but, but I'm just feeling, you know, just when you're teaching something, it's just... You're, you're engrossed in it, and that's just the way I've been with the armor of God and a couple other things that I've been studying at the minute. But I, I tell you, the armor of God, it's, it's so vital to us because the Bible tells us that we have to put on the whole armor of God, to put it all on so that we can stand against the wiles of, of the devil. So let me just read this out again. Ephesians um, 6 and verse 10, it says here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So if we don't have the armor on, we can't stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil outsmart us. But I'm telling you, when we stand in who we are in Christ and stand in the armor of God, I tell you, then we have the advantage, not the devil. And it says here, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you know, we could, you know, we could break all of that down, but you know what really in Satan's kingdom, there's order, and Satan has, has this, this um, rank and order in his kingdom. And sometimes people focus on the devil, but we don't focus on the devil. You know, we focus on the kingdom that we're in. Our kingdom is greater. Light is greater than darkness. We're not to be demon conscious, but we're to be aware of the devil. We're to be aware that there, you know, there's a, an enemy and there's a whole system that is opposed to us. But praise God, the Bible lets us know that there's more with us than there is with them. Amen. You know, we have angels that work for us. We have angels that are sent forth. Their minister and spirit sent forth to minister for us. Who are the heirs of salvation. Um, we have the Holy Ghost living in us. Amen. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so we, even though there is a kingdom of darkness, but it, it has no um, success. Whenever you stand in the armor of God. Amen. So um, that's why it's so important. It says take on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand in the evil day. And have done all to stand. Stand. You know what? There are attacks of the enemy. There's weapons that the enemy can come against us with. But the Bible says no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Even though evil day, the evil day does does come. But I'm telling you, thank God we have God's grace and provision every day. We have the goodness of God every day. And so thank God he daily loads us with benefits every day. So even when the devil does, you know, throw those big things at times, like he comes, you know, it's just his kingdom, it works against us. But there's times where there's big attacks. But when those big attacks come, I'm telling you, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You have to be conscious. God's with us. We are daily loaded with benefits. Amen. And we always believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Always. Even in adversity, we believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So we're not adversity minded. We're not problem minded. We're not Satan minded. Yet he's there and he comes against us. He comes immediately for the word, the Bible says. He comes with pressure. He comes with circumstances. He comes through people. He does all of these things. But you know what? We hold 
hold on to that word. And here's the thing that word produces in our lives. Amen. And all he, he's after our harvest. He's after the word from working in our lives. And that's why he comes. It's not a personal thing per se. Although he hates us because, you know, we're God's children. But he hates the word. He doesn't want that word to produce in our lives. And we hold fast to the word. Praise God. But... It tells us of the armor of God here. It says um, that we're to stand there for having the, our loins girt about with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench, look at that, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then praying always with all supplication, in the, or prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praise God. So we're looking at those aspects of the armor of God. We've looked at the belt of truth. It's that like foundational part, that core part. And thank God that the Word of God we've seen is truth. But then we were able to also look and see that we live in the present day truth. So we're under grace and truth. And I tell you, we need to live in the freedom that belongs to us in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of people have the Bible, so to speak, memorized and they're not free. But Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. It's not just having a Bible. Praise God. It's knowing it intimately. It's knowing our covenant. It's knowing Jesus through the word of God. And thank God when you know what the word says, you are able to say it outright as we've been saying on that. And that's the truth. So when you hear what the word says, you hold on to it. That is the truth. When you establish the word of God as your foundation, then you can build on that. The next part that we're looking at at the minute is the breastplate of righteousness. You know what? When you, when you see what the word says um, regarding us um, as believers, praise God, you find out that the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it takes guts. Especially in, in a religious society, it takes guts to say that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It goes against religion. Religion would rather say, even in Christianity, would rather say, I'm an old unworthy sinner saved by grace. But you know what? We're not sinners when we get saved. We got a new identity and that is our righteous identity in Christ. That he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that is a gift. And that is the core of that. You are not righteous because of your works. So then don't attribute works to it. Don't attribute works to your standing with God. Your standing with God is based on you received an amazing gift by faith. You're righteous before God not because of how good you are. You're righteous because he gives you an amazing gift. And you got a new nature. So it's not determined by how good you are. That's the real trap. Because people think they're righteous based on their performance. Even Christians who, you know, hear the word can fall into that trap. That then it's based on my goodness. So I'm righteous because of my goodness, my church attendance and all of those kind of things. Because of prayer and, you know, and all of them things are good, which are necessary in our Christian walk to live a, a, a successful Christian life as an outwardly. But we're not righteous before the Father because of any goodness or work or merit or anything on our part. It's a gift. You'd never be able to merit righteousness. People under the law for 1,500 years, not one person merited righteousness. 
Even the rich young ruler, he fell short in one area. You're doing well when you fall short in one area. But if you fall short in one area, the Bible says you're guilty of it all. So thank God for the gift. Amen. What an exchange. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. What a gift. Amen. It's an amazing gift. So we, we looked at that and we've seen that righteousness that gives us the ability to come into the presence of a holy, righteous God without the sense of inferiority or guilt. That changes everything in our Christian walk. It changes our prayer life where we don't come before God with this false humility, with this false unworthiness. Now, in and of ourselves, we never amounted to anything. But we've been given a gift that allows us to come. He made us worthy to come into his presence. We're there because of Jesus. We're there. We give praise to him. There's no pride on our part. It's, it's a gift. Amen. It's a gift. I think a lot of times in Christianity, we need to go back to a gift. What we have is, is been freely given to us. It takes the burden off. So we have right standing with God, not wrong standing. Some people feel like they're in wrong standing. Oh, I did something wrong. I'm in wrong standing with God. No, if you're a Christian, you will never be out of right standing with God. Because you have the gift of righteousness. That righteousness gives you the ability to be in the presence of God. There's peace that comes with it. Amen. So I was looking at how does this then affect us? Because the Bible tells us to put on righteousness. Put on the new man which is created in righteousness and true holiness. You are righteous, but you need to put the mindset of it on. That's righteous consciousness. So we need to be conscious of, you're, you're being conscious of who God has already made you. So you, you're... Um, you're conscious of the blood of Jesus. You're conscious that your sins are forgiven. You're conscious that you're a new creature. You're conscious that you have been given the gift of righteousness. It's, it's an awareness. It's, a, it's an awareness of who you already are. You know, I shared the other day, I've been teaching on different things with um, um, just walking by faith. But I was just saying about, you know, you, you, you don't... Um, you don't be walking about saying, you know, I don't feel my teeth. You know what I mean? You don't go by your feelings. You know, if you don't go, I don't feel my teeth, I don't have my teeth. You have your teeth. They're there whether you feel them or not. And a lot of Christians base their life on their feelings. You know, I don't feel righteous. That's not what I've got to do with it. It's not about what you feel or don't feel. It's about who you are. It's just like when you have your, your teeth. You know, I don't have as many as I used to have. But you know what? I still have... Enough to eat, okay? <laughs> but I don't walk around going, I, don't, I, I mustn't have teeth because I don't feel my teeth. That's the way a lot of Christians, they, their lives are based on their feelings. Whereas you have to base your life on what God says. That's why the belt of truth allows you to say, that's the truth. It doesn't matter about how I feel. I, mean, I don't feel righteous today. I don't feel like I can come before God. That isn't, your feelings have nothing got to do with it. We have our feelings on the throne of our lives sometimes. People live in their feelings. And feelings, you know what? They're to be enjoyed, but they're not meant to be glorified in our lives. I don't feel like God loves me. What has that got to do with it? So your feelings change God. No, God doesn't change. Amen. So we, do, we shouldn't base our lives on our feelings and we shouldn't base our acceptance on our feelings either. 
You're accepted in the beloved. Amen. You're the righteousness of God in Christ, not in your feelings. Oh, I feel righteous today, so I really feel like I can come before God. Your feelings are ruling your life. But you know what? If you, if you get to the place where you say the word is final authority, amen, then you can go, I don't care what I feel like and I'm not feeling, you better catch up because I'm righteous and I'm going to enjoy my father today. I'm going to enjoy Jesus today. Amen. I'm going to praise not because I feel like it. So when you put it on, it changes everything. And we said that the first thing that it protects you from is, is, is condemnation, guilt and condemnation. When you know you're righteous, you know there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know that there was one offering for sin forever. Amen. So you don't live in condemnation anymore. So praise God, we looked at that the other week. So that protects you from the, the accusations of the devil. See, again, the breastplate of righteousness, it protects you from the wiles of the devil. And one of Satan's greatest tactics is to accuse you. And a, a, a lot of people just fall. Everything the devil says, oh, you know, the devil told me. Well, what are we listening to him for? You know, people say, I can't hear God, but the devil told me. You know, what, what about what God says? Then righteousness makes you bold as a lion. So praise God. It gives you confidence, not arrogance, confidence in God. That God's with me. Who can be against me? It's a confidence that comes. Amen. Um, and we looked at last week, we were looking at how that righteousness gives you the ability to rule and reign in life. And we looked at David last week and we seen that David uh, was anointed to be king. There was a king in David. Praise God. And I'm telling you, there's, there's a, a winner in us. Amen? Amen. We are righteous. There's a champion in us because we come from Jesus. And so, you know, we don't need to be listening to the lies of the devil. God wants us to rule and reign in life. That's what kings do. And David, he started to rule and reign. And he did some great things. We looked at some of the, the battles last week, just talking through the battles of David and victories that he got in God. But you know, then we've seen that David messed up a few times as well. But even though he messed up, there was still a king in him. You know, whenever David failed at, at, at Gath that time and was acting like a madman, he went on from that to be the king that every other king that came after him, they were all compared to their father, David. Every single one. Because David was a man after God's own heart. He messed up, just like, other, like all of us mess up at times. But he was a man whose heart was after God. Even in his failures, he still had a heart that wanted God. And you know what? David went on and ruled and reigned. And I'm telling you, don't let a failure or a mistake or something, you know, put a tag on you uh, or hold you down or keep you back. A mistake or whatever. Don't let it hold you back. Make your mind up that you rule and reign in life through the abundance of grace. Learn to receive abundance of grace into your life. And what? The gift of righteousness. You reign in life through a gift. It's all about saying that you have a gift of righteousness. Praise God. Amen. And so again, Romans 5 verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive what abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus Christ that you can reign in life. You can't reign in life through yourself. 
apart from him. You're reigning life and your identity in him through Jesus. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what caused Paul to live an overcoming life. And again, what's it through? The gift of righteousness. Paul called all of his goodness and his own righteousness through the law. He called it dung. He, he gave it up trusting in himself to let Christ live in and through him. Amen? Through the gift of righteousness. Praise God. Powerful. You know what? When you reign in life, the devil doesn't. And that's why putting on the breastplate of righteousness is so important. You know, when you reign, he doesn't. Amen? You reign through Jesus. You don't let things reign over your life. You may have things come against you. We all have things come against us. David had enemies that came against him. We have things come against us in life, but you don't lay down to it. Sometimes people get condemned because they face an attack. But we don't lay down to attacks or, or somebody said something or something came against me. We don't lay down to it just because it comes. You know, just because sickness comes and tries to attack your body, you don't lay down to it. Just because fear comes, you don't lay down to it. Just because worry comes to your mind, you don't lay down to it. What do you do? You attack it. When fear attacks you, you attack fear. And that's where you get into that warfare. We're not psycho warfares. We take the word of God out and we war with the word of God in our lives. We take what God's word says. So we don't need to let things, you know, get the better of us. Amen. But that comes when you see yourself righteous. Some people face addictions and they identify with the addiction. Instead of identifying with who they are in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest things we can say as believers, even when we're facing things, is to say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The more you say that, the more you build in you the identity that you rule and reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. If you identify with the sin, then the sin is getting the victory, so to speak, in your life. Yeah. Because you identify with it. Amen. But the more you identify with righteousness, the more you start taking on that identity. And one day you will say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you'll say, what am I doing this for? Why am I carrying on like this in this area when I'm righteous? You see, you, you see, confession is so important in our life. Yes. So people say, you know, they do something, they identify with that. Oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that habit. And what they do is they start confessing, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. What are you doing? You're identifying with that. That, that has the better of me. I'm struggling, I'm struggling. But you see, you, if you've got addictions or whatever, and you turn around and you say, I'm the righteousness of God. One of these days you're just going to say, I'm the righteousness of God. What am I at? Amen. I'm the righteousness of God. Yeah. And do you know what? The power is there in that. That whatever it is, set it down or whatever, leave it, burn it, destroy it, bin it, whatever it is, if it's something like that, or whether it's in the mind or whatever, to where you just go, you know what? I'm just going to trade in this champion warrior that I've been carrying about me. I, everybody I meet, I worry all the time. I worry all the time. Here's my trophy. 
I'm world champion warrior. Come from a line of warriors. We fear about everything. We worry about everything. You just keep saying I'm the righteousness of God. I don't worry. I cast my care on the Lord. I cast my care on the Lord. You know what? It'll flick me a boom. And you know what? You'll cast your care on the Lord. And you'll go, I'm done with that. Yeah. My days of worrying are over. Amen. You get free through identity. Praise God. There's grace for it. See, there's a grace to free you. There's a grace to set you free. So you receive grace and you stand in your identity. I receive grace. There's grace to help. Amen. Time of need. Here's a need. Praise God. I'm receiving grace. I'm receiving grace. I'm a receiver of grace. Amen. I'm the righteous. You keep saying that. I'm a, I receive from God that I receive the victory over that situation. You start talking like that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You build that into your psyche to where you can't say anything else. Okay. It used to be for me to say I'm the righteousness of God. I felt religious and felt that sacrilegious like as if I'm doing something wrong. Now I'm at the place where if I was to turn around and say I'm a sinner I feel like I'm dishonoring the blood of Jesus because I'm so conscious of the blood I'm so conscious of the new creature I'm so conscious of the gift of righteousness that I, I would be a dishonor to me to what Jesus done for me to where I have to stand in the gift. So, like, I, I'm, I confess that constantly. I'm the righteousness of God. I fall flat on my face. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the thing that gives you the identity to get up and keep going forward. See, you reign in life as a king through that identity. You know who you are. Amen. You're not the sick. You're not the depressed. Amen? You're not the fearful. You're not the addict. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? It doesn't reign over you. You reign over it. Satan doesn't reign over you. You reign over him in your position in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 21. It says here that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so my grace reign, look at that, through righteousness. Do you, know, do you know what? The grace of God reigns in our life through righteousness. When you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it frees up like all blockages that is preventing the grace of God from coming to you. Let me just put it this way. It's preventing like the free favors of God. Yeah. Do you know what a revelation of righteousness? Do you know what it does? It's like, you know, when you go to, when you get that, like, Mr. Muscle, and you put it down the sink when it's clogged up, and you know what it does all of the goggle, and it lets then everything flow through. And let me tell you, when you get a revelation of righteousness, it prevents all of the hindrances that Satan puts up that is stopping God's favor from coming to your life because I'm an old, unworthy sinner saved by grace. Then you're not reigning in life. You reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. But when you get a revelation of his, that gift of righteousness, the free favors of God just come at you. Amen? So when the more you see yourself righteous, the more you're positioned for the free favors of God. Yeah. And the Bible lets us know that, you know, in one of the, I think it's the Amplified Bible where it talks about the free favors of God profusely abound. Amen. They're abounding towards us. That's what grace does. Grace abounds. We're sin abounded. Grace does much more super abound. 
which means it's coming at you like a hyperdrive, like Star Wars, when you went into the Millennial Falcon and just came at you. That's the way you have to see grace coming at you. Okay? Cascading. Coming at you. Amen? Um, it's like I, I, I seen it today because I was flicking through um, photographs on my, on my iPad and there's a, there's a picture that I have on my iPad, I've showed it before here, where there's a guy standing and a big wave is just coming at him. And that's just how I see the grace of God, the supply of God, the goodness of God, the favor of God, the grace of God. That's what it is. It's coming at you. Amen. But as long as I'm an old, unworthy sinner saved by grace, the devil's reigning over our lives. He's getting the victory over our lives. We're not standing in righteousness with no breastplate on and he's beating the tar out of us. Yet the whole time God's provision is... But when you start saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, the Mr. Muscle's working. And then you start, it's a free flow for God's grace and provision and goodness and favor, all, all of it to come at us. But how does it come? It says, it says again there, it says, grace reign, or even so might grace reign through righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. Amen. That's the, the tube, so to speak. Righteousness is the tube. And the grace of God is able to go straight to you. Amen. See, when you see yourself the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, again, as a gift, don't that because I'm good. Oh, I'm so good. Never mind the goodness. We need to stop thinking about our goodness, our badness, and focus on the gift of righteousness. When you focus on the gift of righteousness, Sin's not going to have dominion over you the same. It can't have the same control over your life anymore. Because you're, now you see yourself righteous. When you see yourself righteous, it gives you the mindset of reigning. So you're not going to let things reign over your life the way they used to. No, uh, no, no. Just like if you're a king, you bring every subject into place where it's meant to be. A king decrees, a king speaks, a king knows who he is. My days of that is over, amen. My days of poverty is over. My days of worry is over. My days of fear is over. My days of sulking is over. My days of addiction is over. You start saying it. You start saying it. I am free from that way. Not in myself. Because of the gift of righteousness. You put it on. I used to, that's what Ephesians is talking about. I used to be a Gentile. Thinking like the world. Talking like the world. Being like the world. But not anymore. I'm not a Gentile anymore. I'm a child of the kingdom. Amen. I'm a child of God. <laughs> so you, you put on the new man. You be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You start thinking like a new man. Like I'm, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I always put that on in Christ Jesus. So what I'm not saying, I'm righteous in me. I'm not righteous in me. You're not righteous in you. It's a gift. It's a gift. Oh, but you're not good enough. I'm not talking about my goodness. I'm talking about a gift. The more you focus on the gift, it'll affect your behavior. But my behavior and your behavior doesn't determine the gift. The gift was given freely. But when you stand in it and put it on, it'll affect your behavior. Praise God for all blockages removed. Amen. Amen. Stand in righteousness and expect grace to flow. 
expect the free favors of God to flow. Amen. To come upon you. Praise God. Here's another thing. Again, it's the same thing as talking about the gift here. It positions you for your inheritance. It positions you to walk in what God has for you. Again, that's by grace. Amen. Romans 4 and verse 13. Again, look at this here. It says, for the promise that he, talking about Abraham here, that for the promise that he, Abraham, should be the heir of the what? The world. Was not the Abraham or his seed, look at this here, through the law. Look at that. Didn't come through the law. Abraham didn't, be, didn't become an heir. An heir of what? The world. Do you know we are an heir of the world? Amen. So it says here, for the promise that Abraham should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham nor to his seed, okay? Through the what? The law. But what? Through the righteousness of what? Faith. You're not an heir because of your law keeping. Yeah. You're not an heir of the world because you're such a good person. You're an heir of the world because of faith. You received righteousness by faith, not by your goodness. Amen. I love that. Who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. Amen. Who do you think you are? I'm Abraham's seed. Amen. Abraham was an heir of the world. So am I. So are you. And what's it through? It's through the righteousness of faith, not the righteousness of the law. The righteousness of the law is based on your doing. You have to perform under the law to be righteous. But there's a righteousness that comes as a gift. Amen, praise God. I'll tell you, when I got a revelation, that would have changed everything. I stopped thinking, you know what, it's based on me anymore. I started to realize, God, I'm an heir because of Jesus. I'm an heir because I'm a child of God. I'm an heir because I put faith. Amen. And received the gift of righteousness. Look at Galatians 3 for a second here. Galatians 3, 29. Look what it says here. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Abraham was an heir of the world. So are you. Why? Because if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Verse 9, it says, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham wasn't an heir because of how great, clever, or any of those things. He was an heir because he believed God and he was accounted righteous. Amen. Well, let me tell you, we believe God and we receive the gift of righteousness. And so we're blessed, not because of how good we are. We're blessed by faith. Amen. You are blessed. Amen. In other words, there's an empowerment of God on your life to prosper because you're an heir of the world. Not because of how good you are, but because you believe God. You believe God and you receive the gift of righteousness. Have faith in God. Don't, don't trust in your works. Trust in what he promised you. 
trust in who he made you. Love this here, Romans 8 and verse 17. It says, And if children then, heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. It's God. You see, Jesus was Abraham's seed, singular. Okay? But because we've received Jesus, we're Christ. Okay? We're born of Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. And because we're saved and identified in Christ, then we're Abraham's seed as well, by faith. And so what was promised to Abraham is ours. We're an heir of the world. We're blessed. Not because of how good we are, but because of faith. We put faith, received the gift of righteousness by faith. What would happen if we start seeing ourselves righteous by faith? Not looking at how good am I acting today, but who am I? Not what have I done, but who am I? See, that's the difference. It's not not what I've done. What I've done doesn't make me who I am. I am what I am because I have received Jesus. And I have, been, I'm a, have the gift of righteousness. So I am a child of God. I am the righteousness of God. When you take that identity on and put on that breastplate, do you know what? You start to rule and reign in life. Amen. You get bold. You stop falling for condemnation and all of those kind of things. Not because you're something special in yourself, but because of a gift. And then you take on the mindset, I'm an heir of God. Uh, Abraham was the heir of the world. I'm Abraham's seed through Christ. Amen. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Hebrews lets us know that Jesus, Hebrews 1 verse 2, it lets us know that Jesus is the heir of all things. So if I'm joint, I'm joint heir with Jesus Christ, then I'm an heir of all things. All things are yours. The Bible says that the silver and the gold is his. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. And that's why the Bible says that he gives us the power to get wealth. You know, we can't get away from it. And some people think, oh, you you, you want to hear people talk about money and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, do talk about money. Not because we're money-minded, but because it's our inheritance. It's part of our inheritance. We're not money-minded, we're Jesus-minded. But we are Abraham's seed through Christ. And look at how God looked after Abraham. But you read Abraham's life. It used to be really confusing for me reading Abraham's life because he wasn't perfect. Yeah. You read it in your... You, see, sometimes people preach performance so much that then you go and you read these characters and you realize they don't really identify because they weren't perfect. It wasn't about their perfection. It was that they believed God. So do we trust in our performance or do we trust in God and what he says? Abraham was, was blessed. Abraham was accounted righteous. And God looked after Abraham. God, did, God it caused Abraham to win battles. Amen. God prospered him. And Abraham wasn't, he wasn't money-minded in the sense of he held on to everything. Because when you're an heir of all, all things, you can, you're not afraid to let it go. You're not afraid to give. Why? Because you're connected to God. You're Abraham's seed. Amen. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You can't lose. You take on a different mindset. That's why Abraham was able to say to Lot, you choose, you go wherever you want. And as soon as he, 
He went to the place where he let his eyes lead him. What did God then say to Abraham? Abraham, look all around you. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. I've given you it all. You can't outgive God. Amen. Amen. You can't outgive God. And when you're blessed, you, you don't think like everybody else. Because when you think you're blessed, you live with the awareness that I'm blessed. The free favors of God is coming at me. Amen. And that doesn't mean to say you don't face things in life, but you're, you can't get away from identity. I thought on this last year for a while. Look in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 21. I'm not going to go through everything here, but look what it says. There it says, Wherefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. All things means all things. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, I love this. Look, or the world, or life, or death, or things. Look at that present. Or things to come. God will look after us in the present. But I'm telling you, we also have eternity to look forward to with God. Where we are going to walk with God. Walk with Jesus. Rule and reign with Him. Amen. During the millennial kingdom. Praise God. And live with Him forever and forever. God's going to dwell with us forever. Everything to come. Praise God. All the great things are ours. And yet also all things are yours in the present as well. God will look after us in the present. Why? We're ours. But it's not through our goodness. It's through the gift of righteousness. Praise God. That is so good. And really, it's so... I tell you, the new covenant is so different than the old covenant performance-based mindset. We need to... You go back. Praise God. Some people say, I go, I'm going back. I'm going back. Right past all of the law. Now I learn from it. I don't chuck it out of my Bible. We learn from it. We can see God all through the Bible. We can see God's standards and all through the Bible. Thank God we didn't have to fulfill it. Jesus fulfilled it for us and give us righteousness as a gift. That the righteousness of the law, we would get it. The fulfillment righteousness that we could never earn or deserve, we got it as a gift. But I go right back to, to, and I can see an Abraham, a man who was blessed. And I'm his seed. You're his seed. Amen. We're not seen as the seed of Moses. We're seen as the seed of Abraham. And we are the blessed. But we're blessed by faith. Amen. We're righteous by faith. Everything we are is by faith. The just shall live by faith. Amen. The just live by not performing to earn but believe in what God says then when you believe what God says then you act on what God says but it's not to earn from God it's because it's an outworking of my faith yeah. understand it's completely different than if I keep these three tick all of these boxes then God will bless me no I'm blessed to begin with I'm righteous to begin with when I believe it I start saying it and when you start saying it, then after a while you get such an identity of it that you start acting it out. Amen? It's an, an action of faith. It's a corresponding action of faith. That would make you want to run around the building. I don't know what that just does it for me. 
Because then I don't get the glory. Jesus does. Because I'm righteous because of Jesus. I'm the seed of Abraham because of the singular seed, Jesus. And if you're Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Abraham was an heir of the world. Amen. An heir of the world rules and reigns in life. And I'm telling you, I'm an heir and you're an heir with Jesus Christ. A lot of people are looking for an identity of a winner. There's no greater identity of a winner than to see yourself in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, here's the last thing I want to bring out here this evening. And sometimes people often say, you know what, if you will, if you see yourself as righteous, and you talk like that, it's nothing to do about your behavior and all of those kind of things. You're not righteous because of your goodness. Well, then that's going to cause you to live like the world. That, that's so foreign to a person who takes on the gift of righteousness. Paul said, shall we continue in, in grace that, that sin may abound? And what did Paul say? God forbid. Sometimes people have the mindset, if you teach grace and you teach you're righteous by faith and you teach that your righteousness is a gift and you teach that it's all based on, you know, um, receiving, you know, a gift, but it has nothing to do with your actions, then you'll go and live for the devil. And Paul says, you don't even understand the gift of righteousness. Because the gift of righteousness causes you to rule and reign. Sin won't have dominion over you. Because you're not under the law, but under what? Grace. Grace is not a license to sin ever. That's a compromise. Grace gives you freedom over sin. But understanding righteousness, and I'm looking at righteousness here, righteousness affects your behavior. Yeah, that's good. Massively affects your behavior. Let me, let me just read this here out for a second because you hear this many times. But this is a totally different way of thinking. Look, I've heard it said over the years. I've heard different people say over the years that when you get saved, you become aware of sin. You become more aware of sin. You get like this heightened awareness of sin that makes you a sin confessor. Okay? So you become a confessor of sin like non-stop. But I'm telling you, that is the complete opposite of righteousness consciousness. I believe when you are born again, you get a heightened awareness of righteousness and true holiness. The more righteous conscious you become, the more holy you will live. But your righteousness is not determined or based on your living holy. That's a trap. You don't receive from God based on holiness. You don't merit anything from God based on holiness. We don't merit anything from God, period. We receive from God. Wearing the breastplate of righteousness gives you a real hatred for sin. So sometimes people think, you know what, uh, you, you know, if, you're, if you become righteous conscious, you, you, that, you know, by, you know, a gift that you're going to, you know, just going to, oh, grace. He used to say years ago, greasy grace, sloppy agape. And that's what they used to say. No, I'll tell you, when you know God's love and you experience God's love, you'll live for him. Amen. You'll live for him like nothing else. When you understand the grace of God, true grace of God, you'll live for him. 
And I tell you, when you understand righteousness, you'll live for it. Look at what it says here of, of Jesus. Hebrews 1 and verse 8. It says, But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne of God is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Look at that. Thou hast loved righteousness and what? And hated iniquity. When you love righteousness, amen, when you take on the gift of righteousness, you hate sin. And the more you see yourself righteous, the more you'll hate sin. Doesn't mean to say that you don't have problems or don't face things, but I tell you, see, when you get a hatred of it, well, that's a good place to be. Some people say we shouldn't hate things. Yes, we should. We should hate sin. We should hate sickness. We should hate poverty. We should hate anything that hurts our family. Amen. Anything that robs from us. We should hate the devil. We don't, we're not, uh, uh, feel sorry for the devil. Uh, not one bit. I'd never get fed up punching the face off him. Mm-hmm. No, 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 never, no sympathy whatsoever for the devil. Pure hatred. Pure hatred for sickness. I have a hatred for sickness like you would not believe. Do you know why? Because I faced it. I faced it where it, it tried to take my life. And I hate it. I mean, I mean, I hate it. I can't even... See, when people talk, we sit around and talk about my sickness. I, so, just so I have to get out of there. I don't even, see, if I'm listening to someone and somebody starts talking sickness, I turn it off straight away like that. I don't listen to it. I won't watch programs. I won't watch programs of people dying. You know, of, um, you know they're going through a slow death. I will not. I don't, I've, I've been there with that, the devil trying to put those images in my head. And I've fought them. And I have a hatred for sickness like you would not believe. I have a hatred for poverty like you wouldn't believe as well. I have a hatred for, against fear like you wouldn't believe. Against worry. I have a hatred against it. Sometimes people think, you know what, you shouldn't have a hatred. Oh, I, I, we don't hate people, but I'm sh- I'm, I sure hate the devil. Yeah. And everything that he, he tries to bring, I hate it. I'm not sitting with the door open and come on in. I'm, out you go. That's the mindset that I have. But you know what? You see, if you see yourself under sin, and I'm just a sinner, you know what? Well, then you've no victory. But the moment you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, I reign in life. See how it happened? Your days are numbered. You're out. And it keeps trying to come back and you fight it in the righteousness of God. You see yourself. I'm the righteousness of God. Even if you keep failing to that for a period of time, you keep saying, I'm the righteousness. You're building that awareness. And the one day you just grab it by the back of the neck and you say, our days are over. Boom, out you go. No longer in your life. Hate sin. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. Because it says, be not um, deceived, evil communications, corrupt good manners. Who you hang around with, what you listen to constantly, it affects your life. But look at verse 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. That's talking about you, wake up to who you are. Yeah. Righteousness and faith and all of those kind of eternal security. Some people, if you think you're eternally secure, you will... You've nothing to live. You can just live whatever way you want. No, that, that doesn't cross my mind. That's not the way I think. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I rule and reign. <laughs> Wait, see, it's, that's what I'm saying there. People, I've heard this taught. When you are saved, you get an awareness of sin. 
And you just start, just confess sin constantly. Confess sin. Do you know what you're doing? You're becoming aware of sin. The more, you were meant to be righteous conscious, not sin conscious. But if you confess sin and confess problems and confess worry and confess and confess, you're building that awareness. Praise God, I tell you, I'm confessing who I am in Christ Jesus. Awake to righteousness. See, when you wake up to righteousness, there is an awareness of sin in the sense of, I don't want that in my life anymore. Do you know why? Because you hate it. You understand? I've woke up to righteousness, so I hate what would try and come against me. It's not that I've woke up to sin. I've woke up to righteousness. Awake to what? Righteousness. And sin not. People say, you woke. I'm woke. Yeah, I'm woke to righteousness. Amen. I'm wide awake. I'm like that to righteousness. Praise God. I'm going to finish with this verse here and we will close this evening. But look at it. And you can read this whole chapter and in the light of this. Um, Romans 6 and verse 11. It says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be what? To be dead unto sin. Not alive unto it. Not confessing sin morning, noon and night. Not a word of sin. No dead to it. See yourself dead to that old man. Dead to that nature. What? But now you see yourself alive unto God. See, which party is alive? And then look at that. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. If you see yourself alive unto sin, it'll whip you every time. But if you see I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, I'm dead to that old man. I'm a new man. Amen. I'm alive unto God. I've got newness of life. Amen. So then you can let not it reign in your body, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead. Amen. Which is when you're, when you're alive, you want to live for God. Amen. When you see yourself righteous, you want to live for God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law. And the answer is God forbid. Verse 17 it says, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed, that, uh, obeyed from the heart um, that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. That was the gospel. And then where you obeyed it as you believed the gospel and you became righteous. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, you become the servants of what? Righteousness. And now you live your life for God. Yeah. See, that's what a righteous identity doesn't cause you to want to live in sin. It gives you hatred to sin. You see that you're awake. I've woke up to righteousness. I'm not messing with that stuff anymore because I'm righteous. Amen. Sin won't have dominion over you. Fear won't have dominion over you. All of them things. Poverty. They won't have dominion. It doesn't mean to say they don't come. But they won't have dominion. Amen. Amen. Praise God.